Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to yet another Ask an Engineer. We do this every single week, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We've been doing it for decade plus. Yeah, more than a decade. And uh, we've always been an exciting show for you with all sorts of news, new products, videos, guides. That's right. And more. Why don't we kick it right off? Because these shows have been massive. Yeah, they're massive shows. On tonight's show, we have... All sorts of things going on. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in New York City right now. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Monday because there's a shipping thing that we uh, are going to have to tell you about because we are shipping orders, but there's a holiday coming up, so we'll tell you when to place your orders and more. Talk about the show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Lady Ada will talk about who's on the show and tell, what they shared, and more. We had special guests. It was pretty rad. JP's workshop, some videos, some previews, and more to make code minute. We got uh, some CircuitPython. Uh, video newsletter. We're going to play that at the end. Um, get ready. It is all the things that are in our newsletter in video format from Catney. Uh, this is how a lot of us catch up on all the things. There is so much going on in Python and hardware. We now have a special segment devoted just to that. Time travel. Look around the world. Makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Things that are going on in the world and more. Some made in New York City factory footage and things that are going on uh, relevant right now to our interests and uh, things that might be interesting to you. Some 3D printing, some Ion MPI, new segment we've been doing about all the new products that are released, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Got some new products. We're going to answer your questions, and we're going to do that over on Discord. So go to adafruit.it slash Discord and join us. There are over 19,000 of us. You want to join. You need to join. you got to join. Join, 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 join. All that and more on, you guessed it. Ask an engineer. Which you're watching right now. You're watching right now, and that reminds me. So programming note, um, we have show and tell every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and ask an engineer every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, one note we'll talk about later and as you do the show and tell. So next week, it'll probably be JP running the show and tell. Uh, Lady Ada, and this is what I'm about to talk about in a second, has been appointed to a city council by the mayor of New York City to help restart the economy in New York and more. So uh, you've had... Um, it's been a long day. We've been I on, know. I've been on yeah. videos for... So, yeah, Lady Ada was just on a Zoom call with a bunch of uh, business leaders in New York City and more. And um, thank you so much for what I you're know. doing to help and the city. Yes, and they're actually asking for advice on PPE and maybe having locally manufactured PPE, which is... Working on that. Which is a really good idea and something that we're working on. So I think, you know, it's interesting to hear from all the different businesses. Um, a lot of them are restaurants or cafes um, or, you know, other services or retail stores. And so hearing about their struggles and the things that they're, um, that they need the most is helpful because, you know, as we help the city get back, it kind of helps us to, you know, figure out what can we do that is most helpful. Yeah. From the beginning when the city said, Hey, can you make a face shield? Hey, can you, uh, make these electronics that are needed for ventilators? Um, we've been operating as an essential business. Um, uh, trying to beat this jerky virus. Oh, jerky virus. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about with that, though, is, yeah. uh, you know, we're learning more about this um, virus. virus. Um, today there was this illustration, and, you know, oh, it looks as sinister as, like you snake. know, it is like, this is some, like, crazy alien-looking thing that's coming after us. But, you know, we're getting all smarter about what this is, how it's impacting us. Um, one of the things that we've done is we've been sharing our protocols um, we just published it on our site. So Adafruit's been operating for about 80 days without anyone getting sick, without anyone needing to uh, even get like a COVID test. Some of us uh, yeah. have gotten antibody tests. I'll talk about that later. 
Um, but what I wanted to say is, like, we all have a shot now. A lot of it is in our personal control. Uh, wear masks, wear gloves, do these things. And as businesses reopen and as companies need to reopen, uh, if you need a hand, drop us a note, COVID-19 at adafruit.com. We'll share our protocols. They're also on our website. But we also gave these to the city. Um, there's CDC guidelines. The latest one just came out. It's about 60 pages. There's some city. There's some state. There's some federal. Um, so far, what Adafruit does is a lot stricter. Yeah. It'll always be stricter, probably. We're very uh, picky. We're Yeah. And, you know, we've just been operating uh, in a epicenter, and we didn't know what was going to happen in March. And we know we needed to do work, and we know we needed to do things. Um, but one of the things that we've saw, uh, we've seen, and then I'll, I'll go over it later on in the show is, um, so schools are like, hey, we need to order some electronics. What do you do for your employees? What levels of protocols and protection yeah, they have? Know. They want to know. Because like before, it's like, oh, are you lead free? Send us a thing that says you're lead free. Now it's like, are you wearing masks and gloves? So, um, you know, we could see the reopening happening. We could see a lot of things happening now um, across the nation. Um, and we know that we have to just continue to be smart. Um, before the fear was, okay, this thing is going to get you. Now it's confidence might get you. So if you're doing all the right things, please keep doing it. We're seeing it work here in New York City, uh, reporting, you know, live from the, the epicenter. Um, but um, speaking of, uh, so we're now shipping. Uh, we've gone from uh, this to this. Yay. And uh, if you need PPE and you're in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut region. Eastern Alliance. Yeah, we're going to be expanding that. But we do have PPE available, not all locations, but those locations. Um, we are shipping all orders now. Um, May not get out immediately. A reminder, but Twitter guy, we live together. Don't tell Maybe us to socially distance. I get, yeah, your, I get the thought, but you know. But we're right next to each other right now. Yeah. And um, when you place an order, it helps all of us. This is a pre-COVID-19 photo. Um, it, does, <laughs> it does help all of us. And, you know, the thing, uh, and we're always open about our numbers, so April, 50% revenue. March, 50%. You know, May, we'll see how we do. Um, we're still paying everyone, all 135 people, no uh, furloughing, no layoffs, no cut hours, paying all the contractors. We pay the cleaning service that if we don't, if we didn't pay them this time, they would be let go and they obviously need their paychecks. So what we did is we said, hey, don't let them go. We'll continue to pay the cleaning service during this time as well. They're part of our Adafruit family. We, you know, we, they're not only our friends, but they're uh, part of our business that we've grown up together with over the last uh, six, seven years at our location. So when you do place an order, this is what is keeping us alive. Thank you. Um, so far, it looks like we'll get through this. Um, every single time there's been um, either a uh, sandy level <laughs> storm or a global recession, um, we've came, we've come back really strong. Um, we're proud of the investment we're making in our team. We've been doing things like getting more open source hardware out, more code out. So um, we very much appreciate your orders. If you want to just get a gift certificate, great, do that. Some people got gift certificates and now they're actually buying stuff with them too. So do that's, that. That's good. Use if them. you want to uh, get a software as a service and support a uh, I.O. service made by Makers for Makers, get an Adafruit I.O. account. It's 10 bucks a month. If you want to sign up for Adabox, we're full. Thank you. Everyone signed so up for Adabox. But maybe we try will again, be please. shipping those out soon. Thank you for your patience. Um, everyone's been super cool and chill with that. Thank you. And then one reminder: yes, we're taking orders. We're shipping. We're shipping everything. Uh, things not instant. Just keep in mind, Monday is going to be a holiday, so it's Memorial Day. Um, we appreciate the service that uh, anyone who has served or family members who have served. We appreciate it. 
Um, we are closed. Uh, our team, uh, some of us are on site that day. Some of us are taking the day off. But um, just keep in mind, if you place an order after 11 a.m. on Friday, it might not ship until Tuesday at least. Okay, so with all that being said, uh, Lady Ada, all let's right. talk about the show and tell. There's Finally. people on the show and tell, and they show and shared their projects. What did they show and share Okay, this week? I'll go through them fast because there's a lot of people. Brent showed off a phone SMS demo. He also has a guide. Um, receiving SMSs in CircuitPython and then texting back sensor data, servo-controlled sensors. Phil B. showed Teensy 4 support for Protomatter. That's the RGB matrix library that he wrote, which means uh, we'll be able to get that into CircuitPython. But also, if you, if you have a Teensy 4, you want to hook it up to an RGB matrix, you can do that now. Um, JP is uh, showed off next week's project, which is an MP3 prop maker feather wing, uh, MP3 playing prop maker, maker feather wing doll, which is super creepy. Um, and terrifying and has teeth, uh, showing off the new uh, CircuitPython capability of playing MP3s um, direct from SD or QSPY. Speaking of which, uh, Jepler came by and showed off JetPlayer, which is an MP3 player that runs on CircuitPython, specifically the Pi Gamer, because it has a built-in speaker and SD card. You put in your albums on the SD card, and um, it'll just play MP3s natively, which is so cool. Um, it's not a patent, so we can do that for free. No and Pedro made a buzzing notification bracelet. We have a video and guide about that. We'll talk about it later. Katni shut off um, PyPixel buff, which was recently merged and released in CircuitPython, which uh, increases the speed of NeoPixel and DotStar and similar um, pixel support in CircuitPython. Looks like four or five times faster. Um, and she had an LED wall showing off various animations and scrolling text. So she's writing a guide for that. But if you um, have used CircuitPython before and were like, hey, NeoPixels are kind of slow, because we did a lot of math in Python, that code has been moved into C and is blazingly fast. So thanks to Roy, who helped out with that. Two years in the making. Scott uh, is going to be doing a stream tomorrow, um, adding bus I.O. support to the ESP32 S2, so I squared C, SPI, and maybe UART. Uh, that'll really unlock ESP32 S2 support in CircuitPython. Christy made a COVID coin and like looking at ways of turning coins into switches. Lucian made a robot called Hermes that uses Dynamixel uh, servos, which are like these really fancy digitally controlled motors. Matt made a VT100 music player that also speaks, controlled with Raspberry Pis. Um, we had two special guests. We had Ben from Hackspace Magazine, and we went through um, all of Hackspace step-by-step uh, step and showed off all the pages. It's free to download, but also please subscribe. You get a free Circuit Playground Express if you subscribe for a year. Uh, also, you have a good feeling, and you should give away the Hackspace mags when you're done reading them to some kids or a school or a Also, Liz Clark, congratulations. Cover, cover, you're now joining a collection of amazing women on the cover of magazines like Hackspace. We are what we celebrate. So if you see cool, smart women on magazines, we're going to get more cool, smart women doing stuff. So Yay. thank you, Hackspace, for doing it. It actually matters. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and like Lady Ada said, not only, uh, yes, Hackspace free, but subscribe because now's uh, the chance that we all have to keep things like Hackspace going. So please subscribe to the magazine. Uh, next up, Sean was also a special guest, uh, showed up uh, for DigiKey to promote his videos on how to do anomaly, de de anomaly detection, uh, DIY AI machine learning, um, something that's not explained very well, how to take sensor data and detect when something is amiss with the sensor. So in this case, it was a, a ceiling fan that would detect when something tapped the fan, which is pretty cool. 
um, because you you just trained it on what the fan accelerometer data normally looked like, and then what it would look like if something went wrong, and uh, it was pretty good at detecting when something went wrong. Um, Mark had a detect direction heading bot with sensors, and he showed off some video of it working. Uh, he's learning a lot about magnetometers. Chris Young had a theremin uh, tone controller that used his uh, joystick that he uses for his wheelchair. Tim uh, brought by a robot kitten friend, which was very cute and kind of fell off the table. Uh, and Old Crow came and played us out. Uh, I haven't seen him in a bit, but he talked about his kid graduating high school. Congratulations, Jason, um, for graduating high school. And I uh, hope you get to go to college soon if they open up. And also talked about a NIOSH project he did for um, the National whatever, whatever, Safety Health. I guess I don't know what it stands for. Um, trying to determine how hard firefighters breathe. And this project is 30 years old. So there was no Arduino at the time. You had to do it all in Z80 assembly um, with bare dip chips. There was no CAD software that he had to do layout. So the layout was all done by hand with tape. And then it would store the data into SRAM. Um, that was all battery backed and you could output the, the sensor data later. So, uh, they, that was an old, one of his first projects and he still had it. All participants on the show and tell will get a show and tell sticker eventually. We're just one not day. shipping those right now, um, because I didn't want to, you know, tie up shipping for stickers, but we'll get to everybody. Um, one little bit of a note, it looks like Discord might be down, no problem. Uh, Kayaking T wanted a link to the protocols that we have. I put it over in the YouTube chat. If everyone could help and maybe migrate to the other chats right now and also keep an eye on Discord. Looks like Discord's down. That is why we have multiple I know. streams, multiple chats. Okay. Facebook, YouTube, yeah. Discord, Twitch, yeah. everywhere. All right. So this is part of our eight different live series of shows. JP's show is on Thursday at 4 p.m. He also has a show and tell. Let's uh, play a little bit of a preview of what's coming up no. on JP's show. Yes, this I week. I want to see yes, it. Yes, you're going to see it. No. You're going to see it and you're going to like it. And don't forget, Make Code Live with John Park is every week now. And just like every single week on JP's workshop, there's a Make Code Minute. JP, take it away. We'll see you on the other side. For the Make Code Minute today, I wanted to look at the makecodemindstorms.com. This is a, uh, another, yet another version of MakeCode that is designed for the Lego Mindstorms. What I've built here uh, shows how you would plug in a couple of color sensors and drive four different motors with those color sensors depending on what they see. So in this case, when I press the red, you'll see that first motor uh, heads in a forward direction at 50% uh, speed. If I see a blue, that second motor goes backwards at 100% speed. And then I've got the similar thing happening over here on the right. So this would be something like uh, 
You might use this for some sort of object sorting or for a uh, object recognition or line following robot that does different things depending on, on the colors of, of objects that it, uh, that it sees. And I wanted to show you how uh, straightforward this is. I, I, I've never looked at this before. I just popped it open and, uh, and saw immediately, okay, here's some sensors. These act like uh, inputs and then we can do things like uh, on a color sensor input we can say which input we've plugged into and what color we're detecting. Uh, you'll even see I'm, I'm showing little um, messages on the screen there. They're hard to see, but you'll see little uh, LCD messages popping up saying what color we've seen. Uh, you won't hear these, but I actually have it playing sound effects. I think this uses uh, wave files or something similar to that that are um, uploaded when you upload the, the code, I'm assuming, onto the, to the EV3. Uh, so it'll play a little, I had it playing little cool servo sounds to add to the uh, robot-y feel of it. And then uh, using these motors uh, blocks, I have a block here that says ramp a large motor, and I've got it plugged into the B port in this case, uh, and it's going backwards. I've told it to go negative 100%, and then for, for a certain amount of time, I say 1,000 milliseconds. And that is how easy it is to start programming a LEGO Mindstorm EV3. And that is your Make Code Minute. All right, well, that's JP's workshop. Um, we did a show, Desk of Lady Ada. We did yeah. this on Sunday. It was all about uh, GitHub Actions. Yes. Command line stuff, Arduino. Yeah. And then uh, don't forget, also, one of our live shows that we have now is uh, Scott's show, and he'll post up in uh, whatever chat there is. It's going to be tomorrow because we're yes. uh, going to do a four-day weekend thing. So deep dives with a lot of CircuitPython. Uh, check out Scott also goes as Tanu. Online. We also have a cool new feature in our videos where we, we search for stuff on DigiKey. It's a new, new We do. Yeah. It's called the Great Search so but we're, far. But we're thinking of other names. It's and totally it beta. A, it, is, it is who I think is the best engineer in the world to search DigiKey, yeah. showing you how to find things. So you went from like 15,000 inductors to like the exact one you want, and you showed exactly how you did it. It was That's cool. Right. All right. So that was pretty neat. Um, and then um, also don't forget, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to have our CircuitPython, Python on Hardware News, brought to you by Catney. So stick around. Uh, we'll do that right after. The dulcet we take tones. Care of the, yeah, right after we take care of the questions. So uh, okay. let's do some time travel. Let's look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Um, here's some stuff. A little bit of reminder. If you need to subscribe to Hackerspace Magazine, uh, hsmag.cc forward slash subscribe. Check that out. Also, check out the show and tell that we just did. Ben was on. Lost in an access. No problem. That's okay. We are ready to go. We took it. We showed all of the we things. We got the pilot seat and we just... That's right. Flew this plane. Um, and uh, once again, uh, so cool to uh, support cool people and put them on the cover of magazines. It matters. Well, we said it. We are celebrate. So thank you Good content, too. Um... This is a little bit of a top secrety thing, but I just want to give people some progress notes. So our app that we use internally here at Adafruit, um, that's privacy first, is called Path Recorder now because you can't have like COVID stuff with the Apple Store um, and even in the beta that we're doing internally. So um, what we wanted to have is something that reminded you to take your temperature every day, which I do. This app tells me to do it, log my temperature, um, and then it also tells me, uh, here's the temperature thing, I can put it in Fahrenheit or Celsius, and then it also lets me know where I've been. 
And this is helpful if I ever needed to hand this to a contact tracer. Let's say if Lady Ada or I um, become infected, we get tested positive for COVID, I can then do a email to self, all the places I've been, match that up with my schedule, all the people I've interacted with at Adafruit because we have staggered shifts, and then we can make a lot of smart decisions together. So that's one of the things that we're doing. Um, and we're gonna add some more features to it soon. And a lot of these things might actually you know, work together. There's uh, uh, exposure notification with Bluetooth Low Energy that you'll start to see. Uh, I downloaded an app called Citizen in New York that has some of these features. But this is mostly for the individual who works at a very privacy-centric company, Adafruit. And we wanna make sure that you always have control over your information, and this is uh, important to us because what we've done is we send out PPE to all of our team members, whether they're remote or coming in as an essential uh, worker or when they come in later as we continue to do a smart and safe reopen. We want them to be able to get in the habit of taking your temperature. And yes, temperature is not the thing that's gonna catch everything. It's just one of the things that we can do. Um, also, you know, once in a while people have allergies and they have a little bit of fever. It's just, you start to pay more attention to things. And also then has where was I and when and what was my temperature and uh, where can I know I've been and who I've interacted with. And so this is a tool for us. So we're working on that. Um, speaking of other things in time travel, this is kind of cool. Uh, I'm going to play the news clip. I think it's okay for me to play the news clip. This newsworthy seems like this is fair use. Um, I'll let the news clip speak for itself, but um, as you all know, uh, you can check our press section, adafruit.com slash press. A lot of Adafruit stuff has been used because we've been shipping and supplying this to medical professionals for things like ventilators. There's an FDA certified ventilator that uses our stuff. There's a lot of things that people are making and using. They use Adafruit stuff. And this one is a, a COVID detector that works with the phone. It was based on some Zika research that they were doing. And a lot of people saw it. Thank you, Max, who sent this in. They said, that's an Adafruit board. So we're gonna play the news clip and then I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, everyone. Researchers in Utah are working to make smartphones even smarter by enabling them to detect COVID-19. Engineers at the University of Utah are developing a sensor that can detect the virus. The sensor will be put into a phone, and if someone coughing or breathing on it has the virus, the results will be displayed on the phone in a matter of seconds. Our prototype is going to be on the order of the size of a quarter, and it would be communicating with a cell phone using the Bluetooth link. Well, the researchers say they began the project uh, about a year ago to detect the Zika virus, but pivoted to detect COVID-19. They hope to have a working. There you go. Thank you so much for all the folks who sent that in. It was cool to see it. Glad our hardware is helping. Um, when we get these urgent orders in, uh, now we do know where they're going. We know they're helping. Um, a lot of the ones, you know, we can't talk about and say, hey, here's what someone's working on. Um, but it's get, our stuff's getting used a lot. And uh, kudos to Lady Ada and kudos to the teams that have worked on all of our hardware and software because we're getting the stories directly from the researchers, the scientists, the medical device makers, and they're like, this is really working out for us. Thanks, Adafruit. Thanks for making the things that we've needed um, while you've been operating as an essential manufacturing business inside of New York. There's a lot of things needed, and uh, we've been keeping up the best we can. So thank you, everyone, who's making it happen on the Adafruit team. Um, also in time travel news, a um, little bit of a farewell. Uh, this is like just like inside baseball news, as they say. So Bruce Sterling is a science fiction author. We've known Bruce forever. He's been part of the Adafruit story in the background for the last like 15 years from being in Austin, South by Southwest. That's where Lady and I met physically in person for the first time. Um, so Bruce has been kind of like the this background 
uh, orbit uh, of uh, random advice, information, um, sometimes uh, just like weird glimpses of the future from a science fiction author. So his blog that's been like sticking around on the Wired site forever is going away. And uh, it is an excellent farewell post. Um, if you're an author or try to be, I am a journalist once in a while, um, it has a lot of neat insights about what it means to be a, a writer and an artist and like what you ship and what you do. So check it out. Um, Beyond the Beyond is the name of the blog. We emailed Bruce and we said, hey, it's still a blog. But you can run it on Adafruit anytime you want. And, you know, of course I know Bruce, at least well enough, I know he's looking for the next weirdest thing to publish on a regular basis. So maybe I'll see him in like virtual space or in a hologram or I don't know, a Vatagoo or something. Um, okay. So uh, next up in the world of time travel, we did a dirty rectangle uh, little video um, that uh, we'll just let that speak for itself. Yes. That was that little... Uh, OLEDs. Yeah, a little OLED video that we put together. Take it away past us. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm working on some new hardware. Well, this is kind of old, but I'm going to finish it. This is an OLED feather wing, but this time it's got a 128 by 64 monochrome OLED. I found these nice slim style 1.3 inch OLEDs that fit perfectly into a feather wing. And I put a Stemma QT connector, there's a little boost converter. And from right now I'm testing it with a Metro Mini. What's interesting about this driver is I made a generic monochrome OLED driver for Adafruit GFX that does dirty rectangle tracking. So this is actually much faster than the old style OLED drivers I made where you had to write the entire screen. This time it only writes the parts of the screen that are being updated. So it should be faster and uh, people will like using this feather wing on just about any feather. And then this is me testing it against an SSD 1306. Fast and dirty. Fast and dirty. Okay, uh, we're an open source hardware company. There's a couple reasons I know this for sure now. One, we are still currently the number one certified open hardware company. Olamex is coming up, though. They're coming up. That's okay. They're submitting certifications. They're coming up. And this is one of those competitions that I like because it's more like skateboarding. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. We're all showing cool tricks. And uh, if you're an open hardware company or you want to be, go get certified. All you have to do is point to where your files are. They take a look at it and they certify it. It's pretty easy. Um, and uh, the other reason I know we're an open hardware um, company is because we have 2,203 guides. That's right. It's on the big board this week. We had a guide from Brent uh, to do cellular data for CircuitPython and Fona. Um, there's uh, actually, that's the text SMS one. He did two guides. One is oh, for yeah. data and one is for SMS. So okay. he did uh, one that's like uh, MQTT over cellular for CircuitPython oh, right. and one is SMS for it. It's okay. You get a twofer. Yeah, twofer. Um, Phil B. wrote up a, a guide about the Protomatter RGB matrix library. It's a portable RGB matrix driver that can run on just about any fast chip that has a fair amount of RAM. Um, this means that we can uh, use it in CircuitPython and port RGB matrix support to various chips without having to worry about specific peripherals that people sometimes use, um, which make it fast but not portable. So we, we, we went for portable over most efficient. Chris Young has a guide about using mouse and keyboard control using um, both TinUSB and VLE. You can kind of switch between the two to big wireless or wired um, HID devices. And then Pedro did a BLE vibration bracelet, kind of a, a remix of last week's project that can take uh, Bluetooth notifications from your phone and alert you with a buzz or LED, and we'll show a video of that shortly. 
Um, JP um, also did a remix of his metronome project. This time it's a yoga pose chime. You want to so, show a little bit of it? Uh, how about we do all the discussion? We do all them. You can just play all the videos. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Um, the yoga pose chime uses like a singing bowl, a little solenoid, and a clue. And you can uh, use the gesture detection or the uh, proximity detection to change between poses. Um, and then it uh, plays... Uh, a nice chime in between by uh, mechanically ringing um, the singing bowl. Uh, Jeppler did a guide about uh, the Pi Gamer MP3 player with CircuitPython, also known as Jet Player. We also have, I think, a little video. We image. have an image. Okay. We're going to do a video shortly. Yes. So you can play MP3s and it even has album art. And uh, you store the MP3s on an SD card uh, and it does it natively in the SAMD51 chip. And then finally, Dano and Andy made a daily cheer automaton. It's a uh, Arduino or CircuitPython board that um, plays a cheer for everybody to hear at 7 p.m., which yeah. is what we do here in New York. We're going to do it for a long time. Um, just to back up for a second, I want to give a compliment. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeff, for working on something that... Uh, the origins of, of Make and open source hardware has a lot of different things involved with it. But one of the things was... I was kind of obsessed about making my own MP3 player. Yeah, there's a good and, Daisy MP3 and player. Raphael is like, you know, one of the, the godfathers of uh, open source hardware. And the idea was, you know, the Walkman was such a transformative technology in our in our lives as humans. Um, you know, a lot of folks weren't even born, but it like it meant portable music. And then the iPod came came along. But then it turned into like, well, someone else always made these things. And the idea was like, what if you can make your own music player? And it was just a neat idea, and it was like, it's just a symbol of like, okay, we still we still can do it. We still got it. We understand the, enough of the technology, yeah. the stack to make it. So, you know, years have gone by, and like the MP3 patent's out of out of patent now. And it's really neat that you can build your own MP3 player with That's right. fully open source hardware and fully open source it's software. True. You can do it. So, That's right. good work, Jeff. Um, More MP3 projects yeah. to come. So, we're going to play a couple of videos back to back. One is a cheer video. Um, we do this every night in New York cheering on the healthcare professionals and more frontline responders, everyone who's helping out, keeping the city going while we try to flatten the curve and recover. Um, so we're going to play that, and then we're going to play the, the yoga video. Okay. All right, uh, we're going to now do some New York City factory footage and some news and more for people that are trying to run businesses in New York or wherever you are. Um, so this one's going to be a little different this week, but I think it's going to be useful. So as I mentioned before, we're getting governments, educators, 
schools, different organizations saying, hey, yeah. we love buying aid fruit stuff. Remember that time we asked about you being lead free? Well, we got another question this time. Yeah. What are you doing over there to make sure the stuff that you're sending us is safe? Okay. So all we had to do, because we've been operating safely for the last 80 plus days, is take that and put it in a document and say, here's what we're doing. So we're doing. And so I just want to quickly go over what we've been doing, just to give you an idea. And I know it's going to sound like a lot, but it really isn't. It's a, it's a habit now. It's a process. It's a protocol. And we're getting feedback from the team members that we're adding on site, staggered, slowly, one at a time. Um, we all get training sessions and all that. And they're saying, I feel safe because I see everyone being safe. And I think that confidence of seeing other people being safe helps you be safe. And that's the thing that we wanted to maintain is like, let's continue to be as safe as possible because that's something that we can control. So um, some of the things that Adafruit does, uh, we supply everything for our, our employees. Even if you're remote and you're not coming in, we send out things to you. But if you're on site, of course, you have, before you even walk in the door, gloves, masks, both surgical style and KN95, sanitation stations inside and outside the doors, eye protection if needed, home thermometer so you check before you leave, and then we have uh, no contact thermometers in Adafruit. We also have, of course, fever scanners that do far away. Um, before people come in, they take their temperature. When they come in, they take their temperature. Uh, we did the test to see, uh, the test for the test, how fast can someone walk from Adafruit to get COVID testing or COVID antibody testing? It's 15 minutes and 12 minutes. It's, yeah. it's that fast. Um, Very convenient. Lady and I took the antibody test. We're both negative. I took a secondary one because I had booked before it had opened up for more of New York. And my appointment, my, my thing came up. So I said, why not do it just to get another level of validation? This is a, a high accuracy blood test. So negative, negative. I would have loved to get an antibody and donated blood and help people and all that. But right now it just means, uh, and the team, um, the team that's been on site have been operating safely. They got the antibody test. Um, so far we haven't been exposed. So even in the epicenter of New York, we haven't been exposed. So that just means we have to continue these protocols, not get overconfident. Physical distancing, more than six feet, staggered shifts, one employee per time on an elevator, no gatherings or meetings, no shared spaces. Um, how we receive goods, things wait three days, we sanitize things. Um, each night I go in and we do a bleaching of like things like shared restrooms. Mm -hmm. um, we believe that's a threat vector to watch out for. Um, probably not an because we have lots of bathrooms and individual stalls. However, um, get in the habit of it. We think that's a good idea. Um, we do disinfecting fogging. Uh, we make sure it's coated well. Um, you also have to crush this thing. It's a fat, it's a lipid. This this jerk um, is not just satisfied with getting a coating on it because it's covered in sugar. That's how it hides in our immune system. Mm. Um, we also make sure we wipe it down and squish it. And like I said, so far so good, we will continue to do it. Um, and then, you know, we, we like to make sure that we have training for everyone. We have uh, top of the hour cleanings. Um, we have all the sanitation and sanitary things that you can do, and then some. Then we compared CDC guidelines. We compared other guidelines. Yes, we're more strict. Yes, we're going above and beyond. Yes, but don't you feel good that you're buying stuff from Adafruit? You know the people that are shipping and making it are safe, and you know your stuff is safe. So we safe. think so, too. So that's just, you know, it's on our website. We're, we're publishing these. Um, Lady Ada's on the city council. Um, we sent these over. Um, we also share these with other businesses. Um, this is what we're doing. Uh, it's working out for us. We're going to continue to do it, and we will continue to evolve and adapt. Um, the other thing that we did, uh, just to give folks an idea of how we're helping our community recover, is every area in New York has a uh, business improvement 
uh, development or district or committee. This is the Hudson bid because we're in Hudson Square. So um, what we did is we made sure all the local businesses that are in that list know that Adafruit can supply PPE on this city council call that Lady Ada was on. Um, I was helping her take notes. Um, a lot of businesses don't know where they can get PPE. They don't know what's real, what's legit. They don't know what good no-contact thermometer because it's all spam now. They don't know all these things, and also they're getting ripped off. So um, what we wanted to do is make sure that any local business around Adafruit and if you look at the Adafruit area, they're able to get PPE from a trusted source. So as I mentioned before, right now we're uh, supplying some to local businesses. We're supplying some to New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. We'll also hit the rest of the Eastern Alliance. There's about seven altogether that we'll do. And uh, that is what we're doing. So uh, one of the bits of uh, information I passed on to our team before we had our multiple show and tells and videos is, if people are involved in their local communities, there's always a local business listing, and they are the ones who are going to need help. And that's mm -hmm. what we heard today yeah. from a lot of local businesses that are like, where do we get it? What do we do? So um, anyways, that's one of the things. Um, sharing this information, I've learned that the more you talk about this stuff, the more people know about it, the more they think about it, just the better it is. So like I said, it's working out. Here's some us uh, factory footage photos. We're still doing stuff. Uh, this is one of the times I... When I didn't see a human except for the phlebotomist who took the blood out, I was in and out in a minute. Here I am uh, near Canal Street. Um, we also got blood in another place. Um, I had I got a blood test, and then they said, "Oh, you know, we forgot to do the other. We have forgot to do the other thing you asked for." So they did the other one. That's not three people. That's actually just both arms. Um, we still go out for walks and stuff. This is Lady Ada near a sculpture. Um, this would have looked weird in the past. Now it's completely normal. Um, things are. Turning, I think, a little bit more and more each week. Um, you do see a lot of things and a lot of messages. Um, you know, mass save lives. Um, this is us. We've now managed to get through a lot of the receiving and things that we need to do on site. This is the machine line. You can see we are operating, we are making, we are building in New York City. We are doing it safe and smart. This is a time lapse that Dana took. There's Vance and Will. Thank you so much for your help. And then um, another thing, you know, we're working on some of these UV things. This, of course, has the protective plastic over that. So um, if you were to try to detect the amount of UVC coming out of that, it would be zero when you take that off. That is when I would do that. But we're working on some UVC things to see how that goes. Um, here's another little bit of uh, uh, cheer um, at 7 p.m. Check this out. This is outside our window. Last but not least, it would not be Adafruit factory footage without a time lapse outside our window. This is the Disney headquarters that um, they're building. They have not stopped at all. I don't know if they know that there's been um, a uh, pandemic going on. They are very committed to build, build, build. So go uh, construction, go. And uh, one of the neat things, uh, Dan has spotted this. If you look at this, he's like, hey, what's going on over here? Wait, what? It's like a pool. You're pulling, what? What's going on over here? Wait. It's mud. Yeah, it's a mud pool. Mud pool. Maybe that's for they they need a bunch of of water for the uh, cement. That's where the Baby Yoda pool is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, we were walking around. We saw this in uh, New York. We were on. So that's the factory footage this week and more. All right, three D printing. No Pedro printing up storm.
Um, never stop in the printing. Never stop in the printing. Um, we're going to play two videos back to back. We have the little blue BLE device, and then we have the mask that they made. So we will see you on the other side of these videos. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building a wearable Bluetooth bracelet. With this project, you can pair it with an iOS device so you can feel when you've received a notification. With a vibration motor, you'll get a buzz and a NeoPixel will light up letting you know what type of notification it is. The electronics are housed in a 3D printed case and a flexible bracelet. We think it's great for getting subtle feedback, especially when you're away from your device. It's also great for practicing mindfulness so you can be aware of how much time has passed. The Adafruit FeatherSense has the NRF52840, which is great for pairing and controlling devices over BLE. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. The code was written by Liz Clark in CircuitPython and uses Apple's Notification Center service. It's a great example of using the BLE libraries to pair with devices and services. Different colors are used to indicate the notification type, so you can easily add more or customize the values. With CircuitPython, you can easily build your BLE projects and use all sorts of hardware with Adafruit's libraries. The case features a SnapFit cover, so you can easily access the components and the onboard sensors. Be sure to check out the Learn Guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. The 3D printed case snap fits together and all of the components are press fitted and secured without any screws. The bands are printed in NinjaFlex so they're elastic and has a nice grip when wearing it on your wrist. So if you're looking to build yourself a wearable BLE project, definitely check this out. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Don't forget to check out 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday with No Pedro and their show and tell that they do. All right. Getting ready. If you want the best NPI, you need to listen to what Lady Ada is about to say. DigiKey and That's Ada right. bring you. Hi on NPI. from the Adafruit Live Studio band that's over in the next room. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the intro. This week, IonNPI is a product from ST. That's right. We did a bunch of microcontrollers and wireless stuff, and I wanted to get back to my favorite uh, type of chip, which is a sensor. 
This is a rendering of a very new update to a popular sensor series from ST uh, following the footprints of the VL6180 and the VL53L0X or L1X. There is now the uh, VL53L3CX. This is the like fifth generation of okay. uh, chip. And um, these are basically micro LIDARs, which is really cool. Um, so the way it works is uh, inside there's like a little, there's like a photon emitter and um, it's like called a v VCSL and it emits infrared light. It's not like an LED, it's actually like a, a laser that shoots out these photons and then um, a sensor on the same chip measures how long it took for that photon to bounce from the uh, emitter off the target and back. And it's like, you know, picosecond range. So this is like an amazingly fast time of flight module and they're so small. Um, they take a lot of measurements and then they can actually tell you with like millimeter precision how far something is. So this is like the overall design called Flight Sense. So um, the way that a lot of people um, sense is with infrared. Um, that's a common distance measurement where you actually have, in this case, there's an LED on the left. It's even kind of rounded. You can see it's round. And on the right, um, there's the detector. And it bounces infrared light, and it measures the amount of light that comes back. Um, and this is a very inexpensive, simple way to do sensing, but it does have some downsides. Um, yeah. So, um, talk about this? yeah, here's, here's the uh, comparison. So... Um, Conventional IR which is, is very common. It's very simple, but it doesn't give you the actual distance. It just tells you like how much light, and it's not easy to compare that amount of light because it's not like the time of flight distance. It's just like there's more IR, there's less IR. It can tell you approximately how close something is, but not exactly how close something is. It also is um, commonly affected by the color, the reflectivity of the, uh, the thing it's sensing. So they often test with like a 50% gray card and how much light reflects off of it. But if you have something that absorbs more light because it's darker, um, it often thinks that it's farther away because more light is absorbed, less light is reflected. So it's like, oh, that thing is farther. And so we've seen this come up in um, hand uh, soap dispensers. That's right. We've all seen this video and we've witnessed this uh, firsthand, um, even at Adafruit, because we have a whole diverse company and also now we have multicolored gloves and we have these sensors yeah like you have a black glove and you try to put your hand some of them don't work it doesn't some work of them do so you have to figure out a way to say well okay it's not just dark so we've seen this happen yes, this is this, a real world engineering problem. this is a real world engineering problem and so another type of sensor that sometimes people use is um ultrasonic but ultrasonic also has some downsides in that you can't put something in front of it it's very bulky um, it's inexpensive, but um, also like it can be affected by noise. So, you know, infrared LED distance sensing is something that, you know, we use a lot, but there's definitely a lot of situations where you can get a bad user experience because the reflectivity or ambient light can affect your readings. So uh, the, this family of chips, again, they started with the VL6180X, uh, which is very simple. Uh, and then um, upgraded to the VL53L0X, which we have a breakout for. It goes up to two meters. And then this is from a slide for the VL53L1X, which was like, wow, it can go up to four meters. Um, and there's a programmable field of view. So 
um, this slide's already old because now there's this uh, new generation. And what's cool about this is it's the same package as the VL. 53L0X. So if we go to the overhead. Yeah, do you, well, we have this photo. There, no, I want to go overhead. You, wanna, you yeah, just yeah, yeah. want to get over it. That's just my reminder to, uh, reminder. to show it off. Okay. So um, this is the breakout for the 53L0X. Um, Let me autofocus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the star this thing. Okay. Star, okay. Yeah. Um, so the package here, you can see the emitter and uh, the receiver. Actually, I should not know which one is which, but one of these is the emitter, one is the receiver. And it's such a tiny little package. And um, here I got some of these new 53L3CXs. Um, it's a very simple package. It's like a OQFN type thing. It's got the pads on the underneath, but they're fairly large. It's not like a BGA or anything. And um, inside is a little microcontroller that runs firmware that you talk to to get uh, readings from. And it has a cover tape oh, that wow. protects it. So, so yeah. there you go. So it's the... That's the L3X. So you can, if you have, you know, a board or a sensor that's using the 53L0X, um, this is pin compatible. You can just drop it in. And the, the firmware is a little different, um, but the uh, pinout and power requirements are the same. So okay. what's really interesting about this sensor, the VL53L3X, is it has this new capability of doing multi-zone detection. So it can detect four different distances. It's not just one distance. It'll tell you like within the field of view that it can see, um, it can measure different distances. So you could probably like do gestures or like have like different heights of like fingers or something. So this is kind of neat because it's like, it's really getting into micro LIDAR technology. I mean, it's basically doing four point LIDAR, but in like this one by three millimeter package. Um, right. So well, I think that's neat. You also um, pointed me to a video. Do you want to play it? It's about a minute, yeah. a minute, two minutes. This video talks about the flight sense technology overall, and then we'll show people where to buy it. All right. Let's show this, and then we're going to show them on DigiKey where that's to get right. it. All right. Take the way ST. Hello. My name is John, and today I'm going to change your life. I'm going to show you how an ST time-of-flight sensor can be used in several applications. The first one, we have the sensor hooked right here. As small as it is, it's hooked to a PC-like device. And as soon as you step in front of it, the device comes alive. When I step back, the screen powers down to save power. The screen can also be made for add to security. That's the ST time-of-flight sensor. In another application, we can hook it to a cell phone. In this application, I'm trying to spoof with a picture of me, the face detect. But because I know the distance from the sensor to the picture, I know that the size of the face is not correct. So that one's gone. If I have a more realistic size picture, the face size is correct, but the number of photons returned from my sensor from this picture to here is incorrect. It doesn't work. But if I choose the real device, you can see that it detects my face. Now, the trouble is with this sensor is it's kind of ugly, and UI developers don't like ugly holes in their cell phones. So what we've done is hide the sensor behind an optically black or an optically opaque piece of plastic, and as I move my hand in front of each sensor, you can see that it works but you can't see the sensor. It's a perfect for your application. It's the ST time of flight.
right, so just one thing. As people are looking at this in the chat, they're like, I know what I'm going to use this for. I know what I'm going to use this for. I know I'm, I, this is a great thing for my project. Yeah. This is why we're doing I on NPI. And I this love these. So this, the whole fam- by the yeah. way, I'm not saying you have to get just this one. The NPI, of course, is incredibly cool. But yeah. the whole family is just a great but set of sensors. The most important thing is we, we do this is because you get this on Digigate. Okay. And this is so fresh, there isn't even an eval board ready for it yet. So this is like the hottest, freshest, noopiest NPI. Uh, but you can pick it up with DigiKey. They, ha- they obviously had a wheel of like a thousand. I picked up thirty. Somebody else picked up a couple. Um, search for uh, VL fifty three L three CX. They haven't cut tape. They have tape and reel. You know they have DigiReel if you want. Um, there's software available download from ST. I'm s- kind of currently working through it, trying to get it to be Arduino compatible. Um, but there is like read multi. You know the 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 the, the software for it does say like you can read multiple points of distance data, so up to four points. So this is kind of cool because you can see that they're slowly working up to like having a full 2D LiDAR. Like, you know, it can measure a a 2D square and give you back uh, a point um, cloud. So that will be super cool when that's available in the future. But for now, pick this one up. And that is on ION NPI. Thank you, DigiKey. ION NPI. Okay, cool. All right. Well, before we go off to new products, don't forget, everybody, we are shipping safe and smart. Yeah. So if you want to order something, please do. We're shipping stuff. We're doing things. Um, just keep in mind, we will always prioritize COVID-related things, PPE-related things. Uh, we're shipping to New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. It helps us stay in business. Straight up, that's what it's doing. Um, that's how it's helping out. In case you're wondering, that's exactly where it goes. These are exactly who you're helping out. Thank you so much. Let's go on the new product. Okay. Okay, new product this week. We have, guess what? We've got uh, two different Pi Badge starter packs. Uh, we got a Big bunch of pie badges in the store. Uh, I know people have been waiting for them, but we finally got back to the office and the factory. Yeah. So you have the Pi Badge times. LC, which is lower yeah. cost, and the pie ba- the LC only has one NeoPixel. It doesn't have feather headers. Yeah. It's good for just like you want the lowest cost badge that yeah. still can run make code games, can run Circuit Python, can run Arduino. Yeah. It's a SAMD processor. It's super fast. It's yeah. a lovely little badge. Now we have it in a pack because people were like, oh, I just want to get you know the lanyard, the battery, and the USB cable. Um, so you can see this wonderful uh, composite shot we have. Yeah. Um, you know, we give you a couple bucks off. You save like 20% when you get all of them together. Uh, and then you just use a little bit of double-sided sticky tape on the battery, and you've got a portable gaming badge, sensor, network, what have you, display plus NeoPixels plus buttons, development board. Okay. Then we have these. Mm, we have... String gauges, these load cells. Um, so these are, yeah, they're all the same photo, basically, because they all look the same. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, one kilogram, five kilogram, and 10 kilograms. So let's go to the overhead, because I can show these off in real life. So um, the string gauge itself is actually underneath this epoxy, uh, and you just um, don't want to. So is that, that's a solid chunk of metal. Yeah, and it and has And now you're going to measure how much strain is on it. That's right. In fact, if right. I even touch it, you see like the, the number it's changes. It's under strain. So what you do is you attach, uh, and this is the five kilograms. So you attach one side solidly by bolting to it to something that isn't going to move, like the table or the earth or whatever. And then as you pull or push the other side, you can see 
Uh, when something is weighing down on it, the number goes up. When I'm pulling on it, the number goes down, negative, because it's, it's, a, it's a pulling. This, this side is going up, so I'll show again. So this way is pulling up, this way is pulling down, and there's a little arrow, sorry, this way. Uh, arrow showing you which way uh, you should be using it for, for gravity. And inside is you basically four very uh, precise resistors that are laminated on, and then you use a, you know, a load cell or strain gauge uh, Wheatstone Bridge ADC. I have a prototype here for an upcoming uh, Stemma QT board for the NAU7802, which reads this over I squared C. Um, but just to be aware, when you get these, it gives you this raw value. You see the value even jumps around a little bit. And the value itself is just like a numeric ADC value. You have to calibrate this if you would like to turn this into like kilograms or grams or pounds or what have you. What you do is you, you weight it with a known weight, like a kilogram weight, calibration weight, and then you read the number off and you say, oh, that's what one kilogram is, and then you do like a two kilogram weight. And each strain gauge needs to be calibrated. Just because you have two five kilogram gauges doesn't mean they're gonna have the same readings. Each one's calibrated. So when you buy a scale, like a digital postal scale, they have these inside of them, those are calibrated when they leave the factory and that's how you get fairly good precision from them. Um, but that said, these are still pretty useful. Sometimes you don't need to know the exact amount. You just want to know whether something is moving. And it's, it's, it can take quite a bit of um, strain because it's attached to this strong aluminum brick. So we have them in 1, 5, 10 kilograms. Whatever you think is the kind of the, the greatest weight, you just divide, you know, multiply that by 2, and that's the, that's the amount. Okay, mix up. Next up, we have a family of these kind of head-to-head TFT connectors. So these are FPC connectors that you would normally see you put an FPC in. But what's interesting about these is they're like double-headed. And so they can be used to quickly connect two different FPCs together to extend them. So for example, um, this is the demo that I set up. We have a 24-pin one here. Um, and that's the one at the top, you know, the, the little double-headed thing connected to an e-ink display. And then there's a cable that goes from the double header on the other side and connects to say our e-ink feather friend so if you don't want to have your e-ink display just like kind of dangling off of the feather friend you connect a, a cable an fpc cable and then this double header fpc extender so we have these in 24 pin 40 pin and 50 pin which are kind of like the most popular fpcs yeah, and they're all 0.5 pitch well, you all these things going and on then there. so you have that you want to actually use it with um to extend an e-ink display, for example. Uh, so you'll also need the cable because those head-to-head -head adapters don't come with the FPC cable. You'll need that separately. You need some of this to go with this. That's right. So you could do this, so you can make one of these. Yeah, so I can even show it on, on the overhead. I have a, a previous uh, a DIY double header, but same idea. Um, so this you know connects to a breadboard and you have the cable. And the thing, um, you just have to make sure that you have the, the right kind of cable that does um, the contact flipping the right way. So you want uh -huh. contacts on the top for both so that it reverses the reversal that happens here because this pin one is connected to pin 40 here because it's connected across. Um, and so the cable has to kind of undo that. So just make sure that you get the, like, you know, we have this in the prior description. It's called an A-type cable. Um, but if you do this, then you can basically extend your FPCs as much as you want. Okay, and with that, this works. Yay!
All right, cool. Let's, uh, we're going to go over to uh, some questions, and then after that, we're going to do um, maybe a little top secret in between then, too. You want to yeah, do that? Yeah, sure. Okay, Let's so, some questions. Yeah, so Discord's back. Yay. So that means you can answer and ask questions together. Adafruit.it slash Discord. That's where you go. So as you're going over there and you're putting in your questions, um, we're going to do some top secret from the vault. Lady Ada, what do you have this week? I have, um, getting back to some old hardware. This is something that I was actually going to release in March. And uh, we're finally getting it uh, pick and play soon. So this is like a gigantic 128 by 32 OLED. I just love how big this OLED display is. And it fits perfectly on a pie bonnet. So I made, this is the tester for it. So I made this pie bonnet. Um, your little cable comes around, circles around here. It's over I2C. And there's a little stomach connector if you want to connect sensors as well so this will be uh coming soon it's kind of like our pi oled but just like really big pixels which i like okay the biggest pixels that is top secret back in the vault you secret product that's right okay so we're gonna hop over and answer some questions and more um we'll see what type of questions people have uh there was one earlier that i saw uh, Lady Ada, would you be uh, willing to consider a RISC-V open source CPU if they meet the price and power targets? Um, what I would be looking for to carry a RISC-V CPU is one that has a USB peripheral. So if there's one that's USB peripheral, I'll, I'll definitely carry it. But right now yeah. there's either Please let us know. super you know, low RAM, low flash, low cost, no USB, or like you can run Linux and it's extremely expensive. So yeah. there's, there's nothing kind of in between. For the folks that talk to a lot of the people that are making these different chips. If you tell them, like, hey, Adafruit, they're going to buy tens of thousands of these, if not more. They just need USB support. And it's a big challenge, heavy lift. Um, but we think that'll be one of the things that um, will increase the use of it because we then we bring all of CircuitPython yeah. in and lots of th good things go with that. Portuguese. And then uh, non-risk, uh, same rules apply. Same thing. Yeah, non-risk non 5. And uh, Scott Tanner is in the channels here and Scott leads up the circuit Python development once you have USB going on you get a lot we have uh, tiny USB yeah that people could start off with if they want to start moving moving to a chip and then look at the success of the UF2 bootloader with like make code and all the things that we do we manage what 215 boards Right um, not all of them used uh, UF2, only only, yeah. only maybe but, a dozen. But being able to but do US, we'll USB. One. Yeah, USB you can't do without with, with uh, all of our boards. USB, uh, having a similar USB yeah. stack helps a lot. Also, uh, Scott mentions 32K RAM minimum, which uh, you know used to seem like a lot, but it's not anymore. No, it's, it's the minimum. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, okay, great. There's still, a, I, I think there is someone who's saying that there's a company who's in stealth mode, and they'll let us know when sure. they're out of stealth mode. Yeah, um, we, we would be a beta customer for that. Okay, uh, any idea how to toggle power on a small LED badge without yanking the battery? I'd like to keep the profile thin and kind of child resistant. Um, if it's like a coin cell, the only thing I can recommend is you just make one of those like little plastic shims that you just shove in there to to keep it from yeah. you know, touching the other contact. No, their suggestion was a slide switch. Yeah. You could do that. Um, Let's see if there's any more questions. I'm going to hit the other chats. Do, do, do. Let's see. People really like INMPI. Good work, Lady Ada. Yay. Thank you, everybody who's 
putting in. I look at the MPI so that you yeah keep 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 your eye on it. Oh. I keep my eye on it so that you don't have to keep your eye yeah. on. it. Yeah, sixty four k is all the world would ever need. Yeah, maybe for microcontrollers. Well, sixty four k RAM would actually be okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right. Um, let's see if there's. Uh, please do currently select where risk five maintainer plus other things. Oh yeah, okay. Well, put in your put. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a suggestion box out there yeah. for all sorts of things. Um, you know, you can point to circuitpython.org/downloads and say like, look, our stuff could be there. It could be together. Um, let's see. Does non planner 3D printing offer advantages for mass? I wouldn't 3D print any mask, so I don't think it offers an advantage. Yeah, the 3D printing that we utilized for mass were face shields, just to be clear. Yeah. And then we it doesn't were, matter because it's plain. Yeah, what we were doing is using that for the top portion. Yeah. And that was our uh, bridge mass that we were um, having Noah and Pedro with their printer farm yeah. ship to us us then putting on the PETG plastic yeah. and then getting those to like Elmhurst and Mount Sinai and other places while we were making the massive amount of larger numbers of the foam elastic versions. Okay, uh, next up. Is there a chip that has more flash than the M4? Can the M4 host a web server with the SP32 wing? I'm looking to build a smart sprinkler system. I also know the Raspberry Pi is an option. Um, I mean, the M4 has a ton of flash, so if, if one megabyte of flash is... Um, can you go back because I just want to see what you yeah, say. Yeah, the one megabyte of flash is, is as much as you're going to get in a microcontroller these days. Um, I would just use a Raspberry Pi. Okay. Especially if you wanted to like have internet connectivity and have a web server, you use Flask for that. All right. Someone also mentioned um, the uh, read switch with a magnet and last is Adafruit make the Feather M4 Express boards in house. Yeah. Yes. That's what we do. That's right. Um, and then will there be a phono lift? There might. The tough, the tough thing, though, is this, the cellular network, the 2G network is being discontinued. So, you know, you have to find... Yeah, maybe. You a know, 3G or 4G, but then 4G is being discontinued. It's maybe. Like, basically, yeah. you can't keep up with it. There's a lot of things that are in the maybe category. The very maybe. Will I go to a concert soon? Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, probably not right away. Okay, so those are the questions. So what we're going to do now is we're okay. going to do um, Python on Hardware News. We'll see you on the other side to say goodbye and wrap up anything else. Take it away. Okay, Katney. Katney. All yours. It's that time again. This is Katney with your weekly Python on Hardware News. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters. Or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is continuing to operate as an essential business under New York City executive order to provide assistance with the COVID-19 outbreak. Most employees are working remotely, while a few are working in the Adafruit factory to help manufacture and ship desperately needed PPE to the surrounding area and beyond. Adafruit is also assisting local businesses with their PPE needs, as well as sharing the protocols that have helped keep our on-site team safe as we've operated as an essential business. This week, Adafruit has started shipping regular non-COVID-related orders once priority orders are filled. If you've been waiting to place an order with Adafruit, feel free to submit your order now. Be aware that the fulfillment time may be longer than pre-COVID. Note, there may be a number of out-of-stock items as manufacturing has been disrupted. We suggest if an item is out of stock and needed, consider searching one of the many Adafruit resellers. In the U.S., DigiKey is suggested. 
Blinka is the software compatibility layer, which provides Python on single board computers like Raspberry Pi, which run on Linux, the ability to use CircuitPython libraries. It brings all of the drivers and ease of use in CircuitPython to the powerful Linux single board computer world. This week, Blinka is now compatible with 50 single board computers. Write code once and run it on the computer of your choice. See all of the Blinka-compatible boards on circuitpython.org Blinka. In the fall of 2019, the Python Software Foundation and JetBrains together conducted the official third annual Python Developers Survey. Much like the previous surveys in 2017 and 18, they set out to identify the latest trends and gather insight into what the world of Python development looks like in 2019. The insights from 24,000 Python developers from more than 150 different countries have helped get a picture of the Python community. Some interesting results include 84% of respondents indicated that Python is their main language, and 58% said they use Python for both work and personal projects. For the full results, visit jetbrains.com. CircuitPython 5.4.0 Beta 0 was released last week and includes many new features, improvements, and boards since 5.3.0. Please download the beta by visiting circuitpython.org downloads and downloading the latest unstable release. Testing is invaluable to us. If you encounter any problems or bugs, please file an issue on GitHub at github.com adafruit circuitpython and let us know. Are you enjoying CircuitPython and want to follow the progress on GitHub? Join the over 1,700 others who have starred CircuitPython on GitHub. Visit github.com adafruit circuitpython and click star. The new Adafruit BLE Adafruit CircuitPython library defines many Adafruit BLE services for talking to sensors, controlling NeoPixels and dot stars, and playing tones. The current list of services includes Addressable Pixel Service for working with NeoPixels and dot stars, Color Sensor Service, Light Sensor Service, Temperature Service, Tone Service to play tones, and much more. Check out the library by downloading the latest CircuitPython library bundle from circuitpython.org libraries. Learn about CircuitPython, Device Simulator Express, and PyBadge in a Twitch stream held by Michael Crump with Nina Zakarenko. Check out MB Crump on Twitter for more details. Microsoft has an entire video channel dedicated to the use of their MakeCode block language. Recently, some MakeCode environments, notably MakeCode for Minecraft and MakeCode for Microbit, have added Python as an additional programming method. With their educational streams, Microsoft has been introducing Python and MakeCode. Check out the videos by visiting mixer.com makecode and clicking on past streams. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. One important feature of CircuitPython is translated control and error messages. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project WebLate, we're making it even easier. Since opening this capability last week, we've received hundreds of contributions, including a finished Swedish translation. If you write another language, visit hosted.weblate.org engage slash circuitpython, sign in, and start translating. You can create a new account just for Weblate, or sign in using other sites like GitHub, Google, or Facebook. From the desk of Lady Ada this week, Lady Ada tested out RGB matrix support in CircuitPython for the STM32F405. Check it out on YouTube. 
Adafruit has always been an open source hardware company, predating the Open Source Hardware Association certification process. We have finished submitting all of our hardware to Oshawa for certification as open source. The application process for roughly 390 Adafruit boards that were submitted was finished two weeks ago. Of the 390 submitted, 384 of them have been approved so far. There are currently 858 projects certified by Oshawa, making certifications for Adafruit projects almost 45% of all projects Oshawa has certified. See the open source certified projects in the Certified Projects directory on certification.oshawa.org. The Open Source Hardware Association requires submissions to list the three licenses covering a submitted project, those for the hardware, software, and documentation. To list these, Jeffrey U. Warren wrote a program to generate an SVG graphic with the same classic look as U.S. nutrition facts on foods, with the three licenses as entered by a user in a web page. Check it out at jywarren.github.io slash certification mark generator facts. For the last three weeks, IoT Makers Israel has held a stay-at-home challenge to encourage people to create a hardware or electronics project. Sponsored by Adafruit, participants were asked to make an interesting project that you want to do using an Adafruit Circuit Playground Express, using the board or simulated in software. The challenge ended last Friday, and they announced the winners via Facebook. Karen Chechik, Dor Alt, and Amit Edvi. Karen's entry? recreating the piano scene from the movie Big with Circuit Python and the Circuit Playground Express. Learn about the Adafruit Trinket M0 and Circuit Python from Gary Explains on YouTube. Timon writes on Twitter about the NXP IMX 1020 evaluation board. What an absolute chonky unit those IMX RTs are. Well, that was very easy. Flash the Arturo 182 Tiny UF2 and then Adafruit Circuit Python, which I didn't even have to compile and could just download the UF2 from circuitpython.org. Best vendor dev board experience without even having touched the vendor tools. Learn how to remote control your Raspberry Pi camera from the web in this article on Tom's Hardware. FlameEyes wrote a blog post about creating a Pokemon insulin reminder light with Feather and Circuit Python. Code is available on GitHub. Visit flameyes.blog for all the details. Create a dual-color bar graph using CircuitPython by following along with this Instructables written by Tony Go2. Check it out on instructables.com. Command a Nina B302-801-11 with an Alexa voice assistant using CircuitPython. Awesome MicroPython covers everything MicroPython in an awesome list. Find a curated list of awesome MicroPython libraries, frameworks, software, and resources on GitHub at github.com slash mcauser slash awesome-micropython. Voidloop, Robotech, and Automation posts to YouTube logging DHT11 data into Google Sheets with MicroPython and ESP32 and ESP8266. Octopus Lab posts to Twitter a video of playing a WAV file using an ESP32 and MicroPython. Check out the video on YouTube. Tech Tutorials posts to YouTube installing MicroPython on the ESP8266. Check out displaying the MicroPython REPL to a TFT display in this blog post on blog.buchow.com. Welcome to the Jungle posts an interview with two of the .py conference speakers, Victor Stinner and Julian Danju, discussing the performance of the Python programming language. Visit welcometothejungle.com to read the full interview.
Les P's Friday Fun blog post this week is a comparison of BASIC on the Commodore 64 and Python on the Raspberry Pi, including sequence, selection, and iteration. Check it out at bigl.es. The Humble Bundle presents the Learn You Some Python Humble Book Bundle this week, including books like Automate the Boring Stuff with Python, Invent Your Own Computer Games with Python, Python for Kids, Python Crash Course, and more. Check it out at humblebundle.com books. Tech with Tim posts a six plus hour complete Python course for beginners. The course is designed to take you from beginner to pro. It assumes no prior knowledge and is perfect for beginners. Find it on YouTube. Check your Python learning progress and take your skills to the next level with interactive quizzes from Real Python. Each quiz has a series of questions, some multiple choice, some requiring a typed in answer, and some requiring writing Python code. Visit realpython.com quizzes to get started. The number of CircuitPython supported microcontrollers and single board computers grows every week. This week, there were 11 new boards added to circuitpython.org, including the GreatFet 1, Odroid C4, Thunderpack, and FOMU. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There were three new Python on hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including Create a metal detector using an Adafruit clue with a few common components and an easy-to-make coil in this guide from Kevin Walters. And Add cellular connectivity to your CircuitPython project using Phona to build projects that can transmit and receive data from just about anywhere using cellular data in this guide from Brent Rubel. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 230. There are two new libraries this week, Adafruit CircuitPython BLE Adafruit and Adafruit CircuitPython LAS331, as well as a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, Dan finished up the Adafruit BLE services library. It provides BLE services that work with the Bluefruit Playground app and the web Bluetooth dashboard. You'll also be able to use the library to build custom clients and servers to send whatever sensor or control data you want. He's written CircuitPython programs for the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, the Clue, and Feather Bluefruit Sense that communicate with the app. Stay tuned for new learn guides about this library. Along the way, he worked with Antonio, the app developer, to debug and fix some minor bugs on both sides of the code. This week, he'll start looking at implementing underscore BLEIO using the Bleak library on host computers. Jeff is continuing his quest to make SD cards work better in CircuitPython. He's putting his attention on the STM32F405 Feather, this board uses SDIO instead of SPI to communicate with the SD card. Right now, he's studying how the code needs to be restructured to allow both kinds of connections. He also worked on fixing several bugs in the last beta release of CircuitPython. These bugs were related to audio and gamepad functionality, and the fixes should be in the next release of 5.4.0. Melissa has been working on adding support for the Great Fet 1 to Blinka. This board has more than just a lot of GPIOs. It supports pulse width modulation, analog input and output, I2C, SPI, and UART. She was able to write a wrapper for the Great Fet library, so Blinka is able to use many of the libraries available. She is hoping this helps anybody who also happens to own a Great Fet and wants to get started with unlocking its potential. 
PyCon US 2020 online continues with many talks, tutorials, and more already posted. Visit us.pycon.org 2020 online to find links to all of the currently available content, or sign up for the mailing list to receive updates. Virtually Maker Fair, featuring makers and projects primarily responding to COVID-19, will be May 23, 2020. It provides an opportunity for makers to connect, share their projects, and talk about what they do and how they do it. It will take place completely online through video sessions over a 24-hour period and as a curated collection of maker exhibits. Visit makerfair.com for more information. EuroPython 2020 this year will be an online conference from July 23rd to 26th, including two conference days with keynotes, talks, lightning talks, and poster sessions, and two sprint days with multiple sprint teams. Attending the conference will require a ticket, and participating in the sprints will be free. Check out ep2020.europython.eu for details. PyCon AU has announced they are holding PyCon Line AU in August. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is open now through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the Help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 19,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week. All right. Thank you, Katni, who does that live in one take. Amazing. It's amazing. Um, thank you so much, Katni. And now we are caught up on the Python on Hardware News for the week. Special thanks to everyone who works on newsletter and the entire team and everyone who puts that together to get... Um, so much content. It's one of those things where it's Keep like... The well, if we if we don't if we don't have a documented history of all this stuff, it'll get lost because things are moving so fast. It does move fast. So, okay, that's our show all for right, tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, we'll be here next week. Show and tell okay. team will be handling it because Our Lady Ada is on city council helping right. um, New York restart the economy here. So show and tell JP and the entire team, they'll be They're able to... You're in good hands. You're in good hands. They've done it before. They've trained for this. They're That's fine. why we did all the different show and tells across all the other shows. Um, so we'll see you next week. Ask an engineer. Thank you so much. If you're thinking about purchasing, we can we ship your orders. We put a bunch of stuff in stock. It's clues. Yeah, we could do this. Tie badges. Um, just know that we will always prioritize the things for medical devices, COVID-related. But so far, we've been able to get to all the orders. Um, thank you so much. Our team thanks you. Um, we're getting through this. Thank you for your support. Your orders is what keeps us afloat during this time. Uh, We've made some uh, different decisions in a lot of companies. We decided let's invest in ourselves and let's uh, keep all the jobs. Let's do everything as, as tough as that is. Yeah. Um, we're doing it, and um, we have all of you out there to thank for making this happen. So thank you for your orders and support and more. Thank you, uh, all the folks running everything behind the scenes. Let me see who's in our... CSP Slack for this evening. Thank you, Jesse May. Jesse May. Thank you, Jesse May. Uh, thank you, all the remote team members, all the Adafruit team members, all the people that were on site today. Uh, 
everybody who's helping this thing going, we appreciate it so much. We are so grateful for the opportunity to do this together. We will see everybody next week. Bye. Here is your moment of Zener. <laughs>